Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Uh, My assignment tonight is to talk to you about how that generosity is our opportunity. Okay? To understand what your opportunity is, you need to know what generosity is, then don't you? So we're going to read. Now, Pastor Matt done busted me, all right? <laughs> he said you got to have your Bibles with you. Old guy doesn't have it tonight because I need glasses to read it, all right? Just got to have readers. And I can see the letters on this without my glasses, so I ask for your forgiveness tonight. I am totally a Bible thumper, though. Have the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Amen. Generosity. Okay? It, let's say generous. The state of being generous, okay, which is generosity, is showing a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. You're writing that down? I'll say it again. It's showing a readiness, not a reluctance, not a got to pull your teeth to get you to do it, a readiness, Means as soon as you know you you're ready to drop the hat, you get ready as soon as the hat drops, you're ready to do it, and you're ready to drop the hat. You're just ready to give, not only ready to give, but ready to give at a level that is more, more than what is necessary, or more than what's expected. It's generosity. It's also showing kindness to others. You're ready to show kindness. Even when they don't to you, you're ready to show kindness. Amen? It is an amount of something that is larger or more plentiful than is usual or necessary. Just like the amount of hot fudge that Russ orders on his hot fudge cake at Frisch's. Okay? It's excessive. It's not necessary. But it's a generous portion. Amen. You understand what generosity is now, right? All right, so... Why is it so important to talk about generosity in the Christian realm? We have all kinds of organizations that are generous in the world today, but they are not affiliated with Jesus in any fashion of the word, right? Sure they are. But we're talking about being generous, generosity being an opportunity for us as the children of God, right? So if we're going to see what generosity pertaining to us as children of God is going to be, where do we need to go to find out what it is? Somebody say it loud. The Bible. What is the Bible, Eliah? The Word of God. Anybody ever heard of John 3.16? Open that, please. John 3.16. We're talking about St. John. The third, fourth book in the Bible, I can count, I promise, Carlisle. Fourth book in the New Testament of the Bible. Okay, St. John chapter number three, the Bible says in verse number 16, are you ready? Wave at me if you got it. We don't have the screens tonight, sadly. I was kind of banking on that until before service. So here we go. All the more reason to have your Bible here, right? right? Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now let's look at that for a moment. Okay? He didn't send Jesus in to tell everybody you're trash, you're going to hell, you're no good. He didn't do that, did he? He knew that they were already condemned. They're already on their way to hell, all of us, everybody. And so when God sent Jesus into this world, he sent him in here to be our sacrifice, to be our deliverer, to be our savior, right? We understand that concept? All right. Now I want you to picture Jesus. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Okay, he's got, he's got everything that he could ever want in, in existence, okay? I'm not really just going to call it life because his life there was nothing what we call life here, right? But in his existence, he was everything. He was sitting at the right hand of his Father in perfection. Yet he chose to come down here and be born of a woman into a flesh and blood body, go through the same things that you and I did. When he was a little boy, if he was running up the trail and he tripped, and he landed on rocks and skinned his knee, it hurt. He didn't just get a free pass from pain. You understand that? If someone bullied him, who knows, it may have happened, I don't know. He got bullied, it didn't feel good. You understand what I'm saying? He went through the same things you and I did. He became our sacrifice for our sins. He went to the whipping post before he went to the cross. And the Bible talks about how they, they use these weapons called cat of nine tails. You know what Roman history talks about it, or Bible history talks about it. doesn't say that in the Bible, I don't think, necessarily. But they whipped him. It talks about how they whipped him. And it would literally rip the flesh. It would grab the flesh and rip from the body. Okay? And they beat him. They didn't just hit him 39 times. It was Roman soldiers that whipped him. Right? It wasn't just 39 stripes that a lot of people like to say that it was. It was more than that. Because there were Roman soldiers beating him. It wasn't the Jewish council. It wasn't the Jewish people in the church that were beating him. And so his, the Bible says that his visage, his appearance was marred more than any man's. You know what that means in plain terms? His own mama wouldn't have been able to recognize him from the beating he took if she didn't already know he was the one up there getting beat. He did that so you and I could be healed. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, completely, totally healed. You need to praise him for that right now. You don't need to not praise him because I'm talking. Go ahead and praise him for that right now. He let them beat him so brutally just so you and I could be healed in every facet of the word. It means every one of us that were bullied and abused and picked on and mistreated and neglected had broken bones, been attacked with sickness and disease. It means every single one of us, from a little child all the way up till now, have the right to be healed because he paid the price. Already it's done. Amen. He didn't stop there, though. He went on. He gets this big, massive wooden cross and begins to carry it out towards Calvary's Hill, where they eventually nailed him to it. He fell under the load. You think about walking this dirt gravel trail. They didn't have I-75 for him to stroll down all paved and nice. He's walking a dirt trail to go carry his cross out to be nailed to it. And he falls under the load, all this blood coming out of his body, these open wounds all over him. His body is no doubt in shock, freezing half to death probably. 
amen, and, and in these open wounds, gathering the gravel with all the sticky blood that's all over his body and the gravels and the dirt getting stuck inside of them as he falls under the load of the cross and is dragging, being dragged all the way out the rest of the way there. He's got all this stuff mingled in with the open wounds now. You talk about pain, friend. Oh, God. But he went on. He let them nail him to that cross. And they say that when they stuck those spikes into his body, they hit the remedial nerve, which sends pain messages throughout the entire nervous system of your body. And so he was excruciatingly, disgustingly beaten already for our healing. And then he lets them nail spikes into his body like that. And then after that, they put the cross up, nail it to the tree, and there he hangs for six solid hours, knowing the whole time that he's got legions of angels in heaven that are just waiting for him to say, this is enough, I'm not going through with it, Father, get me off the cross. But he hung there. Man, that's generous, isn't it? He had nothing to gain in doing this action. <laughs> but he hung for six hours, all of his weight bearing down on spiked parts of his body in his feet, around his ankles, and in his hands, already bleeding profusely, dealing with the, the shock that his body was going through, the humiliation of a holy son of God hanging there buck naked because these people stripped him to make fun of him, shoved a crown of thorns down on his head before they put him up on the cross. And I'm not talking about little pin things. I'm talking about they had spikes on them. If you've ever seen them in the woods, they're about yay long, and they're like a nail. And they jammed these things down on his head. So no doubt they had ripped through his ears, ripped through his eyeballs, ripped all around the back of his head and the soft spot and the top of his neck. The pain that the man was going through is indescribable. How generous a Savior that you and I have today. Hallelujah. So that's what he did for us. After hanging for six hours, he says, it is finished. Meaning that our redemption is paid for in full. Body, mind, spirit, and soul, it's paid in full now. And he proceeds to go into the belly of the earth and hell for three days and three nights where he preached judgment to the spirits that were down there already, the fallen angels that followed after Lucifer that became Satan. And he preached, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, what we call paradise of heaven today, where you go when you're born again and you die and your spirit and soul go. Amen. What we call paradise was in the center of the earth then. And the Bible says he took paradise with the keys of death, hell, and the grave and moved it to the third heaven where the throne of God is. Amen. And he came out of that grave victoriously on that fourth morning before the sun rose at the very end of the third day. And that's so significant and important because never before had a man died a martyr for God and then risen up from the dead by the power of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. By the power of the Holy Ghost. It had never happened before, but praise God, Jesus rose for you and I. How generous of him. Amen. 
How generous of him to spend three days and nights in hell. Hallelujah. Watching and seeing all the torment of them down there, but then yet coming up with victory for you and I. Amen. And then walking around for uh, a number of days after he was resurrected from the dead and they couldn't find his body. He appears to them. We know the rest of that story. And the Bible says that he ascended to the right hand of the Father and he's sitting there right now making intercession for you and I. After all that he's done and after more so all that you and I have done against him, yet he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. Those of us that were like Russ, drug addicts and a drug dealer and an atheist, didn't even believe that he was real. Amen to God. He's so worthy. He's so generous to us today. Full of lust and a, a compulsive liar, so many of us were. Amen. All the, the terrible things I could name that so many of us have done that we've all done. Whether you've been raised in church or not, you were a sinner. When you were born into this earth, amen, and you came to an age of accountability, as we call it, to where you understand right from wrong, and God began to deal with your heart, whatever age you were, that you needed him to be your Savior. How generous of him, isn't it? Isn't that generous of our God tonight? Isn't it generous of our Savior Jesus to go through all these things for you and I? And God so loved the world that he gave. Hallelujah. Now we want to read, and not St. John, but 1 John, chapter 3. And I'm going to give you one guess what verse. Yes, 16. 1 John 3, 16. Are you there? The Bible says, hereby we perceive the love of God. This is how we understand and perceive what the love of God is, is what he's saying. He said, hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Do you know who your brother is? You see, there's so many misconceptions in our deranged world. The, there's so many people that think certain races or certain religions or certain uh, sexual preferences, or this, that, and the other, are not our brothers and not our kind. That's racism is what it is. It's bigotry because they're an opposite sex of you. Whatever, you get my point. I'm going to tell you who your brethren are, your brothers, your sisters. It's everybody that has the same color blood that you do inside. Did you know that? That is who Jesus died for. Everybody that bleeds red. Last time I checked, I've never heard of anyone, not in a Marvel or DC movie or something like that, that did not bleed red. We all do is the answer, guys. And God's word says there that you and I, as Jesus did, ought to be willing to lay our lives down for our brethren. Now, does he want us to go to the cross for them? No, not really. I know there's some that have been martyred in that fashion, and I, you know God, that was God's will for their life, but it's not God's will for all of us to just die for one another. You understand? He already did that. But what he's saying is to take our lives and lay them down. What is your life? What you're trying to, per, to do on your own. What you're trying to do, your purpose, your motives, what you're trying to do. A self-centered person will never get anywhere with God. Because all they're worried about is me, myself, and I. When everything's about you, nothing's about God. 
And when everything's about you, it's certainly not about anybody else in your life except for the ones that you want to be there for the purpose that you have for them to be there for. Not because of a purpose God put them in your life, but because of a self-serving purpose that you have them in your life for. Y'all quiet about that. I don't need to go giving a bunch of examples, but fellas, you don't need to be loving on her just because she does something for you. You don't need to give her that love just because she does something for you. Not even being nasty or nothing or inappropriate. I'm just saying you might be using her for whatever. And the same vice versa. Ladies, you don't need him in your life for that. I ain't going to go into a bunch of examples on that. You already know. You already know. The bottom line is, is you know your motive. Are you self-serving or are you doing it for his purpose? You know your heart. You do. Some of you are sitting here tonight and you've deceived yourself into thinking it's something that it isn't. But when you really are sitting alone at home and you're looking at yourself in your spiritual mirror, you know what you really think about things. You know. And I know. And the bottom line is, is every one of us knows ourselves. And every one of us is going to have a time in our lives that we have something going on like that. You know, that's why Paul said, mortify, therefore, the mem- your members. He's talking about the members of our flesh. He said, kill them. Does he want you to take a knife and kill yourself? No. He's talking about the members of your flesh, the works of the flesh. Read Galatians chapter 5, start around verse 16 range. You read about 17 works of the flesh that the word of God says, they that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you will go to hell if you give yourself to those things. And you want to know what they are? They're called the the works of the flesh because they're in everybody. They're built inside of us. You're not going to get around them. You're going to have to face them head on and deal with them only through the blood of Jesus. Now, when I told you some of the things that I did a while ago, and I'm going to share with you when I got saved, the night I got saved, I wasn't in a church. A lot of you haven't heard this, so I'm going to share it. If If you have heard it and I'm boring you, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Somebody needs to know this tonight because you're trying to live right. You're trying to fix you. And I went to AA. I drank 12 to 20 a day, every day. I had to eat Valiums to help my buzz because I couldn't afford to drink as much as I had to drink to get a buzz. Smoked a quarter bag of weed every couple days at the most. If we party, we did more. There could be a quarter pound go in no time. uh, cocaine, just stupid stuff like that. I was bound. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't believe there was a God, a devil, or heaven or a hell. None of it. So the night that I got saved, I had been to AA meetings one after another, and they never did help me. I had, uh, I got sent to a counselor one time. I got got tricked into that. Ain't gonna go into it, but I'm just saying I've been to all the help. You understand what I'm saying? That the world has to offer. None of it did anything for Russ, even when Russ wanted it to. It didn't do anything. But when I got down on my knees at 1130 or so at night, on a Thursday, March 24th, 1994, at my cousin's challenge, and I said, God, if you're real like he said you are. This is after I'd done put down about 20 Bud Lights and ate two cutout Valiums, and we had smoked at least a quarter bag of weed Okay, I've had all that in my system and just got done putting smoking one when I got out of the car to come in the house. Roach is laying in the ashtray. I say, God, if you're real like he said you are, I need you to show me right now because I hate myself. I had two murders planned out. I was full of rage, and I was messed up. Then the third murder would have been myself. I was suicidal. I hated myself. I used to cut myself 
before cutting was a thing, I'd carve initials into my arm. I used to have scars there. They're gone by the grace of God. But I understand what that is. And I would be sitting there just grinding on myself with sharp objects, hating what was inside of me, Lindsay, is really what was going on. You understand what I'm saying? Cutting, if, if I, maybe I could cut it out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But I'm telling you, when I asked him to show me, he was real that night. Everything that Russ had tried and failed, failed miserably. But when I'm spitting everywhere, so stay out of my way. You're in the splash zone, guys. Beware. You ain't at SeaWorld, though. (laughs) Everything that I had tried failed, but when I said, God, show me you're real, like he said you are. On some glimmer, sliver of hope that he might really be real. And then plop at the top of my head. The numbness ran down to my forehead right in there. And everything that was inside of me, the rage, the hatred, the lust, the addictions, everything just exploded out of me. I wept. I cried. I snotted. Filled my recliner chair up in my bedroom. No preachers were around. No Christians were around. The only person even close to me was my mom in bed, and she had no idea what was going on. But when I got up, I was completely sober. I'm talking as straight, clear-minded as I am right now, completely. Every AA meeting that I've been to couldn't hold a candle to 10 minutes of meeting Jesus. What's the point, Russ? I'm telling you he's generous like that. I had converted people to atheist doctrine, had convinced them that God wasn't real, Preached. I was an atheist preacher, really. Convinced them that he wasn't real. I had got so many people to do so many things for the first time that they should have never even been near in their life. Shame on me. But he's generous. If anybody deserved to not have his generosity, this guy did not deserve it. But he's generous like that, Lindsay. He's generous like that. You see, the thing is, is you've been trying to live right on your own. You got some of you sit here tonight and you sit and watch some people get up here and minister. You watch people preach. You watch them sing. You say, my God, I'd love to be able to do that. But I'm just so bound and dirty. And I'm going to share with you Wednesday, last week, I was praying. I thought I was going to be preaching this last Thursday and I had the wrong date. But the Lord knew anyway, but he showed me Wednesday while in prayer. He gave me a plain vision. As plain as I can see you all right now, I had a vision of a dog on a chain just running around in circles. You ever seen a dog on a chain just running around in circles? And they got that big barren patch all around where they run all the time, and the grass is gone. It's all dirt now. Anybody with me? You, okay, Russ, hey, Russ, I hear you. You understand what I'm talking about? I saw this dog on that chain. And it had ran a bare spot all around. But then all of a sudden, the vision translated into a dog that was off the chain. See, I'm going to tell you about generosity that's off the chain right now. That dog had came off the chain. But it was still running around in that same barren, beat-down path because it's all that it knew to run. The Holy Ghost said it's the only place that it thinks it can exist. 
is where it's been bound by that chain. And the Holy Ghost said that you would be here tonight. And you prayed and you've asked God to loose you. And he did. But you've got this mindset that the devil keeps lying to you and telling you that you're still on that chain and the only place that you can ever exist in your life is where he's had you confined to as long as you can remember. Your family situation is never going to let you get out of it. Oh yeah, you might have prayed, the devil said, but your family situation is still at home. You ain't going to get out of that chain. You're not going to get out of that bound situation that you've been running around in. You're never going to get there. It just runs in your blood. You can't get free of what you're dealing with because it's just a family thing. The Holy Ghost said to tell you, His blood cleanses you because He's generous like that. And this blood doesn't only cleanse you like it cleanses and sets you free too. You see, He not only wipes the slate clean, the slate clean. It's one thing, I'm trying to look for something to be a, a clean slate and I can't find anything. I can wipe it all clean and it's brand new, right? But it's still all there. It can't get loose. And that's what you feel like. And God said to remind you tonight that He has given you generosity that takes you off the chain. That's what He's done for you. That pornography that sticks in your head, and it's for girls too. Don't just think it's the guys. It's a rampant problem nowadays that sticks in your head. They say it's scientifically proven that it stays in a man or woman's mind just like a computer memory. It's just there. And on command, you could pull it up any moment that you want to because it's just there. I want to let you know that whatever power, you might remember that thing. You might remember the abuse that you suffered. You might remember every time you got beat. You might remember every time you got touched the way you shouldn't have been. You might remember every time you got bullied. You might remember every time you have gave yourself away when you shouldn't have been giving yourself away to what you and who you gave it away to. You might remember. But he said to tell you that his healing will take away the pain thereof. Because his generosity tonight is off the chain. You're off the chain through his generosity. There's one place in the word that he talks about that we need to leave being stuck on, only being stuck on the, the doctrines of repentance and baptisms and all this stuff. He never said to not get in those doctrines because we need those, the basic foundations of the word of God, right? Don't laugh at my big Bubba Tristan. This is the greatest water cooler ever created. But he said that we need to go on because there's more. I'm going to read to you what the more is real quickly. And then I'm going to try and talk to you for a few more minutes and then we're going to have an incredible altar call because the Holy Ghost is breaking chains tonight and causing people to understand that the chains are broken forever. It's not just a one-time chink and the chain broke. It's a forever. It's a forever tonight. Go to Matthew, please. Matthew chapter number 10. 
going to read verse 1, verse 7, verse 8. Are you there ready? Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1. Are you there? Are you ready? The Word of God says, this is Jesus speaking. And when Jesus had called unto his 12 disciples, called unto him, his 12 disciples, called him over to him, Jesus gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Did he say some or all? He said all, didn't he? That leaves no exception of any kind of disease, does it? Let's go to verse 7. Jesus speaking to them says, after he gave them this power, and they knew they had it when he gave it. When you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there will be no doubt in your mind. You will speak in another tongue as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. You will know that you've been endued with power from on high. Okay, just like it's written in Acts chapter 2. So they knew they had this power that he just gave them. And he says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what that means? It doesn't mean go around and say, hey, you better get right. Everybody's going to hell if you don't. That's not what he said. He's saying, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here right now. I came to preach to you about a generosity that is an opportunity for you and I to fulfill the purpose that God created us to walk in every day of our lives, not just on Thursday and not just on Sunday, not just on a Wednesday if you happen to go to church that night, but every day of your life, everywhere that you are, he's got a purpose for every believer to walk in. Amen. He said, as you go, he didn't say when you get there. <laughs> he said, as you go. I don't know about you, but I'm on my way when I'm going to work through the middle of the week. I'm on my way to heaven, to haven rather, on Thursday, but it started back on Sunday when I left church and went home Sunday night. And I'm still on my way to haven Thursday. And along the way on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and all day on Thursday, I'm not just sitting there waiting to get to haven once I get there. I'm on my way as I go. As you go through your daily life, he said, preach telling them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does it mean? It means heal the sick. This is verse 8. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Now hold on before you read the next part. Don't cheat yet. Look at what he told them to do. Heal the sick. There was no doctor in their day that could do anything. Their medicine was terrible. Heal the sick. Then he said, cleanse the lepers. That's completely crazy that he would say cleanse the lepers because if you see a leper... They're supposed to scream, unclean, unclean, because it was so contagious and no one was allowed to be around them. If you don't know what leprosy is, it eats flesh. It eats flesh up off of the, the leper's body, and it, it, it causes the body parts just to fall off wherever it's eaten. Eventually, they just, they're gone. Their body parts are gone, okay? And so he told them, cleanse the lepers. The hardest case you could pick is like telling somebody, cleanse COVID-19, Cleanse the AIDS virus. You understand what I'm saying? Go cleanse Ebola. <laughs> oh, you ain't getting it like I did. But I hope you do. I believe you're going to. Then he says, after cleanse the lepers, he says, raise the dead. Nobody else had done that yet. 
raise the dead. He said, cast out devils. They didn't make a habit of doing that. You don't read anywhere in the Word where they went around casting out devils, not even the prophets in the Old Testament. I don't see anywhere that they cast devils out. But he said, cast devils out of people. Now, here's the key. He says, freely you have received because of his generosity. (laughs) Because of the great generosity of our Jesus. You've received freely already. I didn't do a thing to earn anything the Lord's ever gave me. It's because of his generosity. That's why, as Jacoby was talking about earlier, when it's offering time, listen, I don't have a bit of problem giving something because he gave me everything. I can surely give him my tithes. I can surely give for the orphanages. I can surely give for the missionaries. I can surely give for the campers that can't pay their way. I can surely just give to the camp because it's such a great cause. I could go on and on and on. It's because of his generosity that made me, it's a second, it's just, it's just an automatic nature to want to give. You understand what I'm saying? I have no problem giving a compliment to somebody that deserves the compliment. I'm not jealous of him. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to tell every preacher that's already been up, I'd sure rather have you up. I tried to get Sister Alyssa to come up here tonight in my place. I'm fine giving compliments out. Because it's not God's nature for us to be jealous of one another. That's not in any notes that he gave me. That's for somebody in here that's struggling with the jealousy right now because of somebody else God's using in a way that you want to be used. Oh, Holy Ghost, who are you talking to? Jealousy. Don't let jealousy get you. Be generous with your compliments. Be generous with how you bless people. They already talked about honor. Jacoby talked about honor already. Amen. Love them. Be generous with your words. Even if they're mean to you, you can turn around and give them a compliment. The word says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Bless them that curse you. Don't curse them back. That was for somebody, guys. I wasn't talking about saying that. But because of generosity, I have no problem being hospitable to someone. Because he made that nature in me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about generosity that's off the chain. You want to be used by God? Generosity is your opportunity. Because he said, freely you have received. What did you receive? What did you receive? You received life. And we need to understand that when that life comes inside of us, it is permeating from us to everyone we come into contact with. You want to know what the most powerful force in the universe is? It's the love of God. That's why when a 19-year-old, about to turn 20-year-old punk got down on his knees in the condition that I told you I was in and asked God to show me he was real, when his love popped on the top of my head, every devil inside of me couldn't resist him. They had to go. They had to go. Murder, lust, hatred, envy, (laughs) addiction. It all had to leave. There was no choice because of his generosity. Generosity is your opportunity. You want to stop being a, feeling like a waste of life and a waste of space? Start caring about other people through prayer. If you don't pray, have a relationship with God and understand who he is in your life. Read his word. Know what your promises are. You, you could be sitting in here right now and be an heir to $2 million because you don't know that somebody willed it to you. I forget how many 
millions of dollars go unclaimed in the United States every year because people just don't know their rights. They don't know what's been willed to them. The Holy Ghost said that he's got so many children that don't know what he's given to them. People, I'm going to be, talk, sound like, as Paul said, talk like a fool for a minute, okay? I've seen people, just, just in this place right here, just along this strip of altar right here, saw three atheists come in three weeks in a row on this side of the church. One of them came down and prayed to get saved, and, and the Holy Ghost told me, tell him he's had this dream every night for three weeks straight. And I gave him word for word what the Spirit of God said to me. And his eyes popped out real wide and big. I had no way to know that. You know what I'm saying? That's all God, right? We know that. How can he take this dummy? I don't have college education. There's no way I can know that if I did. But he spoke that to me. He said, then tell him this is what it means for his life. Okay. Um, Just a few weeks ago, Sister Kelly Lawson came up here. Earlier in the service, the Holy Ghost had me doing special prayer. Pastor did, and the Holy Ghost had me say, somebody can get healed of arthritis right now, tonight. She came up here, was praying, all kinds of people up here. And the Holy Ghost had told me, go lay your hand on her back. And I went just like this. Pastor Matt, if you would, just stand up, if you don't mind, real quickly. I just did this. You infirmity, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Ghost said, tell her she was the one with the arthritis I wanted to heal. Tell her to do something that she couldn't do. So immediately she went straight down on her knees from a standing position and just started weeping. I said, the pain's gone, isn't it? Because the Holy Ghost had told me it was. And she nodded her head and said, yes, it is. She said, I couldn't bend down without excruciating pain, but I'm healed. (laughs) She's healed. Listen, what am I trying to say to you? I'm not saying... Russ is used of God. I'm not doing that. Listen, I'm telling you, you want to, um, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You think it didn't take a little bit for me to go up and say that to her? You think it didn't take something for me to go say that to Eli when he dropped on his knees over there? I was scared if I'm going to be real honest with you. Reverend Sanchez, years ago, the first time i ever been around the man, and I'm in a service with him, and he's up there teaching, then we have altar call, and the Holy Ghost illuminated a spot right here on his stomach. And the Holy Ghost said for me, go to him and tell him that I have healed him before they ever diagnosed him. Man, I was freaking out because he's a prophet. You know, he, he's like, he, I was tripping. I'll be honest with you, I was tripping. I walked up and said, Reverend Sanchez, I know you don't know me. I said, but i got to tell you what I really believe is the Holy Ghost. He forgot about it several months later. In the fall, that was in the spring, late winter. Then in the, the, the fall, I ended up in the same place he was in Alabama by pure Holy Ghost coincidence. And he's up testifying about how that he had a spot removed right here that they said was going to be cancer, and it wasn't. It's because of his generosity. You understand what I'm saying? What are you trying to say that for if you're not bragging about what God does through you, Russ? I'm saying it because I'm saying this. I'm saying you are going to have to get your butt up out of your comfort zone. You have got to lay down your pride. You have got to lay down how you want everybody to perceive you. 
You've got to lay down every bit of all of that stuff if you want to lay your life down for your brethren. Because, friends, I'm telling you, there are people in here tonight, You're gonna, the chain you're coming off of tonight is to be loosed to operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost freely. Freely, Lindsay. You're going to be loosed to operate in the gifts of the Spirit freely tonight in the name of Jesus. Pastor Matt, Pastor Jess, you are loose tonight to completely total. I know you already do, but I know there's times that you resist sometimes because of looking at yourself because it's what I do and have done before. But you're loose off of that chain tonight in the name of Jesus to operate in all nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. Because of his generosity. There's chains that you've been walking on. Some of you have been walking around off the chain already and you don't even realize it. I've been 41 minutes and I'm finished to whoever's singing wants to come. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you fam. The best is yet to come.